<laughs> Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast, where we look to empower and encourage real conversation amongst men everywhere by unpacking topics on self-help, philosophy, and business. Hello. Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast. My name is Justin Bourne and today I am your host. I'm welcomed by a I don't even know what to, how to describe us right now. Pissed. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'm joined with a full table by the usual esteemed colleagues, Matt J. Hannum. Hello. Oh, hi. Hi, JB. What's up? Nice how to see you. Yeah, good yeah. to see you too, mate. Uh, Conrad, Kanye, Francis. G'day. Yeah, good to see you, mate. And uh, Kid, Travis. <laughs> hey, though. Welcome. Uh, hey, hey, hey. Oh, hey, Tug. <laughs> hey, Tug. How are you? Yeah, here you go. Um, <laughs> Today we will be talking about our relationship with failure and also the journey of understanding our motivations of why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, today's a bit of an interesting episode. I'm, I'm not sure, I mean, we didn't really discuss how we were going to share um, this whole birthday sit show, but you're probably all going to be confused if you're a regular listener of the order of um, what's happened, but today is my birthday. And so... I have... It's not that hard, mate. Like, they're, they're allowed to know we recorded a couple episodes on the same day. Yeah, but we tried to... <laughs> we really tried to mix it up last episode, so we were like, not a loot. Anyway, with that being said, it's an occasion. I turned 30 today, and we had a surprise... I had a surprise birthday on the weekend, which was pretty cool. Um, can't say I've didn't, had one of them Didn't know before. it was coming. Did not know it was coming. We could surprise them. It was a surprise. It's, we're January every year, mate. And I was gifted a beautiful uh, <laughs> drop, which I don't know why I'm sharing with you guys. Um, but I'm still considering why you're doing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. I've decided to share. I thought, you know, it's meant to be a good drop. Share it with good company, but I don't know about that. It says drink it, wise. On the so back. the drop that we have is a Glen Morangi. Did I say that right? No. Nah. That's pretty good. Okay. I don't know. Enough. Australian version. I'll have to ask Glenn. Yeah, we'll have to have to ask them. Um, a, a Signet version. Um, some pretty, I believe, top shelf uh, whiskey, which was gifted to me by my in-laws and contribution from, I guess he's an in-law and a friend who picked it out. So, Sam, thank you for picking it out and for uh, all the brothers and cousins for chipping in. So, lads, you get to experience... Uh, this with me today so cheers thank, thank you. you thank you JB thank you and for sharing happy birthday I hope this is a nice drop thank you for reaching Absolutely. to the top shelf and you're not a short dude so that's um that's very useful to be honest I prefer Woodstock <laughs> bit of real McCoy he's nice no that's yeah. bloody brilliant yes. That is. It's got a little spice to it. It'll feel like a bit Just of even the um the the bottle shape and the design is pretty un- amazing if you yeah, ever get to see one. It's pretty flash. Produced and bottled in Scotland. It's 46%. That is good. Are either of those parts surprising to you? The Scotland part? No. <laughs> I was just, yeah, filling in gaps <laughs> while JB was enjoying his um, you know, Scotch whiskey. Nice drop. That is a very nice drop. I look to finish that bottle off in the coming future. Can someone just put this in my bag? <laughs> I'll have to put some vintage Coke with it, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right, so today what I'd like to talk about, um, I came across a really great article uh, written by Sahil Lavingia, 
um, and he shares his experience of building a startup and a SaaS product called Gumroad. And the title of the it's a Medium blog post, um, the title is called Reflecting on My Failure to Build a Billion Dollar Company. And this particular blog post really resonated with me uh, through my experience over the last 12 years, uh, 12 years, 12 months um, and five years building uh, a business. And what I really loved about the, the blog post was going through his journey and being so open and vulnerable about why he initially thought he started it, going through the process of, I guess you could say, doing what is expected when you do a startup, getting all the funding, getting a million dollars, you know, all the seed funding through Silicon Valley and doing, you know, everything that is made out uh, in these kind of stories. And it's kind of like he talks about living that dream and then going through the, the real challenges. And I think um, there's so much that we can take away from people sharing their failures and sharing, I guess, the other, the dark side of of these endeavors and, and what goes on. Because a lot of the time we hear, we only hear about the, the ones that succeed and everyone's willing to put out what they're successful um, for and all of those type of things. And, you know, with today, with social media and all that, you, we can easily look to everyone. Everyone can put on a facade and can make it look like they're doing um, really well. And it seems that we have a very unhealthy relationship, I guess, as we talked about last week with time, but we also have a healthy relationship with failure. And this causes us to do things that we didn't think that we would do push through things that we should probably give up and come to a realization that we might be doing things for the, the wrong reasons. So I had to come to a realization as well over the last uh, 12 months that I failed uh, in my business in some aspects. I failed to manage it from a financial aspect properly. Um, and I had to come and face that reality uh, front on um, and since have implemented a lot of measures uh, to do so. I'm lucky that I didn't have to go through a very public um, expression of that journey, which Sahail talks about that he had to do being in the Silicon Valley startup world. Uh, a lot of it was all through the you know startup blogs and Twitter posts and all this other stuff for context. Um, the company that he was running grew to a 75 staff company. They raise, um, raised something like, I don't can't remember the exact figure, five, uh, five $10 million. Um, and pretty quickly after all of that, even though they were getting growth, they weren't getting the numbers that were expected from investors. And so very quickly turned around and having to pretty much fire most of his staff, keeping a core team. Long story short, ended up just being himself and being a lifestyle business and losing um, a bit of the investor's money along the way with some of the investors wanting to pull out and resell back the stock to him for essentially a dollar after they invested a lot of money uh, into it. And he had to go on a bit of a self journey to understand why he was doing um, what he was doing. He started out wanting to be a billionaire and that's what he thought was the thing that you should do and ended up 
pretty much coming to the realization that that's not what he really wanted and really connecting with being, and this is probably why it really resonated with me, this article, he connected with being of service and understanding what his product really did and the customers that he served and the real impact uh, that he had. And without the failure and without leaning into the failure, he wouldn't have, you know, potentially have come to connecting with it um, uh, on, you know, that uh, level. So what's really fascinating uh, to me, in particularly in the Western world, and there's been a bit of a thread, I think, on our episodes of late um, of having unhealthy relationships. But what, and it does connect a lot with the aspects of time and productivity, um, visioning, goal setting, why do you think we have this really unhealthy relationship with failing and feeling like that, um, you know, the world shouldn't, shouldn't know about it and it's something that we shouldn't do? Um, Hato's scribbling, so I'm going to throw it to Hato. I was just doodling. Um, I think failure in the eyes of other people today we've created a beast of a generation with social media and that sort of stuff where everyone lives their best lives online or you know shows uh, people their best lives so they feel like they can't fail publicly and if they do fail it has to be you know privately um, and then if it's a you know even look at the language of failure you know um, you know, what failure actually stands for. Um, yeah, it's what does it stand for? Yeah, failing. Um, what's that? What's it stand for? Well, failing. <laughs> I'd like to see the you got a definition there, Conrad. I can find one. He had the definition of failing in style <laughs> <laughs> on his screen, but um, yeah, we. We, we certainly do have an unhealthy relationship with failure because we, we as a humanity and a race, we see it as a negative. A weakness, uh, especially in a person's character. So look at that language, weakness, you know, and, and that basically says and character, that right? we shouldn't yeah. have that. You know, whereas it's just a part of life and we really should. Um, Let's go to the etymology, the root etymology. origin of the word. Ooh, that, yes. That's probably more interesting. Keep going, Trav. Uh, no, no, I'm listening. I'm, well, I'm searching. He's going to look it up. Uh, now I've lost my train of thought. Are you talking about the words being, the, the definitions being? Well, the, yeah, language, just, the language just, is so strong. So I kind of, you know, our attachment to the word. Yeah, it's, you know, you look at the language and it's all negative. So, you know, why would humanity have a positive outlook on failure when everything associated with the word and the words based around it and where I, I'm assuming where the word has come from has is a negative, 14th and a negative impact. 14th century, uh, 1580s, defect or fault, um, 1640s, um, right. it's all about non-conforming. Defect or fault, yep. non-conforming. Yeah, and that's it's all negative. Language. So it's a comparison. So when you're looking at that, it's 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 the issue is of what it's being measured against. When you when you see yourself as a failure or when you're failing, um, so in the context of la vagina, Lavin, what's his name? Sahil. <laughs> la, Lavinia. 
<laughs> I said that way too many times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, his measure was was um, what he gave back to his shareholders or the people he raised capital to, um, which created the the issue of him of non delivery and in essence failure. Yeah, he also talked about his metric in in particular was uh, to be a billionaire, you know, and raising, a, you know, becoming a billion dollar uh, company. Um, and that's kind of what he always uh, aspired uh, to do. Um, so by just going off what you said, though, what would be, just out of curiosity before we go further, what language would you use instead of uh, failure? Because it's, it is inevitable. Learning opportunity. 100%. Yeah. Learning opportunity because really, you know, failure is inev- inevitable. You hit the nail on the head. Everyone fails. Well, you don't, don't get what you want, you get what you need. Yeah, and it gives you an opportunity to learn. You know, I'm going to blow your tires up here, Conrad, but I met Conrad when <laughs> I was... Knock yourself out. When I, I don't know, I'm an affirmation s- person. Despair? When I was 18, 18, 19. Were you still a virgin? No. And, um, and fuck, <laughs> vagina virgin. Yeah, what, what what's you? on your mind today? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, it's a good scotch. I remember <laughs> one of our first deep conversations and... Uh, Conrad said to me, he goes, if you can learn from what I failed at, then you will be far greater and far better position than I was at your age. And I, that's something that's always stuck with me. And if I can learn from other people's failures or failures or learning opportunities. So it's just, it's turning that uh, negative into a positive and it's learning from, from a failure, whether it's your failure or not, it doesn't matter, but it's giving you an opportunity to learn. So that's where the positive language comes from. So you're flipping on its head and it's like, well, it's not actually a failure. It's giving you the opportunity to learn something and either do it better next time or do it differently. You know, or, or dampen the fall. Yeah. What, what are we? Do, are we talking about business failures here specifically? Oh, what, you you can have it in love. You can have it in business. You can have it in in work. You can have it in family. You can, but what I guess what I was getting at is like, for example, in sports, and and this actually curls back to something that Gary Vee actually talks about a lot is like an at bat. In in sports, you can fail. And let's say failing in a grand final of something doesn't necessarily mean like that's still not considered zero. That means oh you got there, didn't quite get the you know the top, you know that you didn't quite win the thing, but you know you've got another chance next year, and there's an obvious next chance to I guess at bat or you know to keep playing you know unless you're retiring or otherwise. I think it's so much or, or perceived as so much more final in things like business. And also things like relationships and that as well, I think, are often are considered pretty final. Like if that was a big failure, it's a huge problem. It's not really looked at in sports or smaller things as being as a – like it's not that it's not important. It's just that there is another chance. And I feel like often businesses and things aren't looked at the same way, even though people do often go on to do it again. I just wanted to raise that as a – because when you're talking about failure, there's – there's things that I guess are more socially acceptable to fail at in a, in a sense versus things that are. Yeah, I sure. agree. The the tool that I use for that is um, you know, asking the question, what's the worst case scenario? Mm. You know, like realistically, if I invest in this business or if I invest in the shares, what's the worst case scenario? Well, shit, I lose 10 grand. You know, is that a failure? Yes, no. Is it a learning opportunity? Yes. You know, is it the end of the world? No. 
Okay. Oh, that, that, that's you, you talk about that, it, and I've used the phrase: is it, you know, is it going to kill you, or is it you know, is is the do you live another day to make another decision? Now, if you if you got another day, you can make another decision. You'd learn from that. And one of the one of the toughest things I've had to deal with, um, or I would say toughest, one of the most challenging situations I had to deal with um, post my dad's passing was teaching my mum how to make decisions, um, because everything for her was fatal. I said, well, it's not taking your life. You might spend a dollar, and it might not be. The, Know, inevitably what you wanted post the purchase. I said, but you're going to get another chance to make another different decision if next time you make a decision or have the decision to make. I think that's um, sometimes what uh, holds us back a lot as well, which is that... Um, paralysis. Paralysis yeah. is that um, we feel like we have to make the, the right call and once we've made that call that we can't change our mind or go back on it, you know, that whole um, terminology of saving face. Um, and that at the end of the day, as we worked out in the last episode, none of it matters anyway. Um, but we're so conditioned to care obviously what others uh, think of us that, you know, people will make a decision or they'll go so far in business and, or they're losing money or they're causing stresses and they just keep going um, because they don't want to be perceived as, as, as failing or um, to save face. Um, yet if it was all reframed of like, well, that was a learning opportunity uh, or you gave it um, a go, it would change I think so many things and I'm just as guilty of this um, through building my own um, business um, and even the reasons that I started out to start a business. <laughs> you know, I had a, why I connected with this blog post so much was that I probably had a similar mindset starting out, you know, um, I'm going to build this big, big thing and, um, you know, went along a, a similar journey but on a very micro scale <laughs> compared to Sahel. Um and I almost feel like, you know, and, I, and in some respects, there are some people that I know and um, we probably all know that are on the other end of the spectrum where they don't even start their journey because their fear of failure. Um, and I almost feel like I've came, uh, you know, there's the bit of the conclusion that failure, a lot of people, we talk about vision, we talk about why, and a lot of people don't know what that is. Um, and what their vision is and what their why is. And to be honest, uh, that seems to be an evolving process uh, for me. Uh, I was very lucky when I came out of school to kind of know what I wanted to go after, but it was probably for the wrong reasons um, at the time, reflecting. And a lot of people get stuck on this idea and I th feel like failure is a necessary step and a part of the process to actually understanding more of what your true vision is and what you, uh, what your true why is, how would you feel about um, that? I don't, I, don't, I don't disagree with you. I, don't, I mean, I guess when we, I don't disagree with you at all in that statement. The question is, uh, how far do you have to fall to have that realization or have the realization um, that allows you to move forward? That's that's more the issue. I think. Um, through my own personal learning, and there's a, there's a lot of stubbornness that um, that probably stopped me from learning from some of my situations earlier than what I could have or should have. But um, no, I agree with you. I think you have to go through a process of failure or failing. So from what I sorry, I I can't remember her name, but I recently read a piece Paul on Chapman. 
A, a young lady. Sarah Chapman. Sarah Chapman. <laughs> the wife of the daughter. Glenn Chapman. I'll never P live that down. P. Twiddle mate. S. Chapman. I'll never, P. Twiddle. <laughs> never live that down. But um, she, Silicon Valley, high performer, um, you know, startup, tech, all that stuff. And um, Do you know the business? No, it's I not can't. Sarah Blakely. It must be about her, Spanx. her dad. Spanx. Yeah, her dad. Sarah Blakely. Sarah Blakely. Sarah, thank you. Because the article is talking. Yeah, yeah, so her dad... Her dad used to ask her every night or once a week at the dinner table, what have you failed at this week? And um, that really stuck with me because it's quite incredible because it created a safe zone that enabled her to fail in life, quotation marks, um, and still know that she's still loved and still affirmed yeah. from, her, you know, from her inner circle. Um, and that kind of blew me away because that – that's the thing that we don't create enough. You know, a lot of people are a failure and they get, you know, outcasts like Sahil on the, you know, the blog pages and stuff, you know, oh, he's a failure in Silicon Valley because his um, startup is burning through cash and they've laid off 75% of their, um, their the workforce. Way, on, a, on a completely random note, could be a great way to build a solo business, get some <laughs> investors in, <laughs> spend like 70 million bucks on a hobby. Oh, I haven't really dug into his story, so I'm not, this is not a personal one, but then, <laughs> then they'd lay everyone off and end up with a solo business. They sell it back to you for a dollar and you've got like a pretty good... Pretty good a lifestyle business. Pretty good lifestyle business, yeah. Well, that's, that's, it. that's the extreme way. That's finding the gold within the, uh, the diamond in the rough. Yeah. <laughs> well... No before, disrespect intended. But. Before I go down the, the thread that I wanted to with Conrad, he there his website that he built was called Gumroad, um, which enables creators to sell their products and wares, I guess. Um, uh, and anyway, his oh, business... Gum, gum tree for creators? Yeah, kind of, I guess. Um, I haven't heard yeah, of it. Right. It must be a US thing. But anyway, he has his website has contributed now to $178 million worth of revenue to creators. That's how much money other people have made through his Success, website. right? Which is just crazy. What a wanker. Yeah, what a, what a dick. Yeah. But the power of the impact <laughs> that he had through... How did he have that idea know, and we didn't? I know, right? We've got a room full of creatives here. What the fuck are we thinking about? Well, he, just can't do it. The, the line that I really loved in the blog was create value rather than capture it. Yeah, and he's created the value there rather than trying to worry about get, yeah, claiming it. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. That's, but that's true service, right? Yeah. It's provided the forum. Yeah. Well, he, he only came to, you know. Zuckerberg did the same thing. Well, well what we've got to sure. acknowledge Ecosystem. is that he started out with wanting, he, he just had an idea and he wanted to build a billion dollar company. It was only through the process of failing that he connected with the impact and the value creation. There the was my problem. Space. I only aimed for a million. Yeah, <laughs> the service that he had. But coming back to what you said before, Conrad, one of the, one of the questions that um, I had in preparing for this is a lot of people struggle with the humility and I've definitely been there. And like as you said, I mean, it's a stubbornness to kind of keep pursuing and there's, I guess, there's a fine balance. How do you encourage people or how do you assist people to be able to reflect and be open to acknowledge that, they need to maybe change the ways or have the humility. Well, hu humility to me, I mean, after working with the the the, the phrase being humble, um, I've become accustomed to understanding that without humility, you can't really learn. So, if you want to learn from a failure or something that is challenging you or or a fail situation, then you're only ever going to learn through being humble and allowing the situation to teach you. 
Because if you don't allow it to teach you, then you're arrogant and you'll make a bigger and deeper mistake. I've made many of those. Is that like Alcoholics Anonymous? You have to have the humility to accept that you have, yeah, you know, alco- you know being an alcoholic. Yeah, that's step one. You know, that similar sort of thing, isn't yep. it? And and would you say that the the bigger the f- the bigger the failure, uh, the more opportunity for you to be humble uh, is showing up for you? I don't necessarily because you made a reference of um, that you don't necessarily have to, you know, go as far back, and you can learn from others as well. Um, So, do you think there's a relationship there? I don't think it's a direct correlation. to the size of the mistake, to the amount of, of humility that's needed. Um, I, I think life's really simple. You know, I think thank you is the most powerful word in the lang- in the human language. Um, that can be used for many different things. Um, you know, I say thank you, you know, I pray and I say thank you at night, every night before I go to bed and I say thank you in the morning for another opportunity. And I, I think that's, you now that, that to me is the, the precursor of allowing humility to sit with you. Um, you know, being ever ever accepting of what's being uh being shown to you or taught to you so i don't, I don't necessarily think that you have to uh, well i don't think the, the the size of the fall equates the to the to the the magnitude of the lesson no you don't think there's a relationship i don't think so okay i think it can be harder sometimes but i don't think it's i don't think it's i don't think it's magnitude i don't think there's a direct correlation yeah because you know kind of like what you were saying Hado. Um, you know, if you, you, you can learn a lot from others, but I think sometimes you have to learn the hard way. Absolutely. And you have to go through and feel the, the pain, which I felt like I had to do as well, um, to realise the, the, you know, the lesson that someone else had learned. Well, I think that's what, what, what Sam taught us, right? Easy way, hard way. Or Sam Cawthorn. Sam Cawthorn. Thanks, Trev. <laughs> All good. Um, Easy way, we learn the easy way, the hard way, or through tragedy. And I think, you know, when, when Sam phrases it like that, um, you know, learning the easy way or learning the hard way is not that bad. Well, I feel like you, you always have the opportunity to learn it the easy way. Of course you do. Yeah, so you always have the opportunity. Yes, JB, you Very say... rarely do I learn it the easy way. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, the easy way is learning from someone else's mistakes. Yeah. Oh, I know. You know so that's Very the rarely. Way. doesn't matter how many yeah. times I've told it, do I actually learn yeah. it but the you, easy arrogant, way. Arrogance, that's what it is. For, yeah. every, <laughs> for every failure or learning opportunity, you have the opportunity to learn it the easy way, yeah. the hard way, or through tragedy, for sure. Did, uh, interesting thought that just occurred is that if, if society had a different relationship with, with failure, do you think there'd be even more opportunity for people to learn the easy way? Yeah, we would be much more progressive in a, mm. in a, you know, in a race. Well, yeah. if you look, look, look at Spank's lady, that's exactly right. The reason why she... <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Blakely. Sarah, Sarah Blakely. Sarah yeah. Blakely. Yeah, well, okay. She, Interesting I mean, fact, if anyone hasn't seen it before, way back in the day, Richard Branson actually did a... Like you can win a million dollars type thing. Who's the best entrepreneur? And instead of doing the like Donald Trump style stuff, like they had to like walk a plank between hot air balloons and all this like crazy stuff. And she was a runner up, I think. Was she? Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Sorry. What were you? What were you saying? It, 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 yep. No idea. <laughs> I failed in holding <laughs> my thought. <laughs> <It failed. laughs> 
But there you go. Well, I, I applaud you for that. I feel like wearing some Spanx right now. <laughs> you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I guess Jesus. a lot of our relationship with failure does come from our parents. Of course it does. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we're, given, we're given the framework of life from our parents, lovingly, right? And they think they're doing the right thing. I remember growing up um, fearing dogs because my mum didn't like dogs. My dad had dogs growing up, but we were taught to fear dogs. Keep away from them. They're going to bite you, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't until we had a, a bad set of neighbours next to us. I was 18, 19, 18, 19 at a time. I said, no, shit, I'm going to get you a dog because I went and bought a baby Rottweiler. Um, and <laughs> true story, true story. Intense dog to, yeah, uh, to go, to go into. Yeah. You have to buy a dog that looks like you. So, so we went after <laughs> yeah. a Rottweiler. And sure enough, you know, mum who grew up being scared of dogs and, and taught us to fear dogs didn't wasn't scared of a dog you know she ended up you know, and, and magic grew to 62 kilos that's fair size for a dog <laughs> magic um <laughs> 62 yeah, kilos 62 kilo rottweiler and um and, ways more than me and um your mum wasn't scared of him so it's funny the stories we tell ourselves right i mean and yes our parents do set us up pretty fucking badly when it comes to failure i mean jesus christ i mean jesus christ <laughs> I wish, I wish we, we knew this stuff earlier. No, I know. So, ha- so how do we change our relationship with it? Be open. Just just be open. You know, be open on... on uh, life's, life's going to give you aces and jokers, right? It's going to give you both sets of the deck, both sides of the deck. You've got to be wise enough to know what to do with the card you get dealt. That's the only thing you can pray for and hope for. Um, and in the lacking of the wisdom, seek consultation with others that have experienced it, you know, whether it be through YouTube or wherever you want to go, you know, God forbid TikTok. having a fucking conversation with someone, but there is enough out there. We are not walking this planet for the first fucking time. I'm going to, I'm going to say, um, it's a bit cliche, but go to the self love piece. Cause if you're okay with yourself, then you're not going to, really care what the external factors are thinking about you um and they you know that's really what you and that's 90 percent of failure yeah you, how, you how you view the, how the world views you because you assume that the world is thinking ill of you but really the world just doesn't, doesn't care most give of the time. a shit you know um it doesn't care so yeah i'd probably take it to that that end of the spectrum as well you know that sort of self-love piece if you're okay with you and then you're not seeking external affirmation um, and you're not needing that external affirmation, you know, so for when you do fail or have a learning opportunity, um, you know, you're not assuming that the world is, is uh, you know, judging you. I think it's been said, wise in your 30s. I mean, that that's pretty powerful, I think, what you just said and um, can completely relate to, to that uh as well and i and even something that conrad just said as well is knowing when to reach out for for help and advice and um leaning on your proximity and the the people uh that's humility too right around you and just going look i don't know what i'm doing here i really i really don't know what's going i don't know what i'm doing um this is the situation that we're in um and i need some guidance on to to move forward And, and as you pointed out i mean everyone no problem exists in a vacuum and no problem is unique unfortunately uh you're not that special not that problem special. <laughs> happening to you oh, sorry yeah you, you ain't know, fucking unique um but it's hard for us to learn um and realize you know that 
we fit. I mean, our, you know, the smallest problems can be the biggest problem to that individual at any no, uh, and that's, and that's, any that's, one time. That's that's always going to be the issue, right? It, yeah. You know, what's what's small to me might be massive to you, and there's no right or wrong in that. That is just what it is. I think having. Uh, Continuing to practice on that, the the fact is that there is no right or wrong. Um, in order to get there, you've got to work on your self love, um, self worth, and if you can layer all in that with, I think, understanding what your core motivations are. Because mm. from my recent experience, tying my expectation to the outcome, uh, and then relaying it back to what my motivation was, I came to a realization that with my business, I was I thought I was building a business uh, for me. But I came to realize I was building it like for validation from my old boy, um, which smacked me in the face. <laughs> and the whole time, the old I was boy or the validation, <laughs> both. And um, came to the realization that, and I was trying to tell myself a lie the whole time. Just, oh, I'm doing it for this reason and and, and that reason. I guess it's that Alcohol's Anonymous piece, right? Acknowledging, oh, okay. And then that way it could reframe the motivation to be able to be of service and to provide value and connecting with the true why you're doing what you're doing. And I know we kind of have thrashed that on this podcast, but it is so important to continue to reflect on, well, why am I doing this? What am I doing it for? Um, what is the purpose of, of this and, and how is it getting serving me? Because um, I think a lot of people out there are running businesses for the, the wrong reasons. Um, well, hang on a sec. Let, let's, let's reframe that in a sense that it's not the wrong reasons. It may, may not be the truest of true reasons. That's a um, fair call. Because um, whatever, whatever they're doing, they're doing for the right reason. At the time. Yeah, because learning is always going to be the byproduct. That's very true. I think that's the most important thing to, to remember. Really, yeah, just be that, open to the learning. No matter what you do, like go on the journey. There's an ability to learn from anything and everything. Yeah, and I think that's one of the most beautiful things in life. If you give yourself the time to sit back and allow to allow yourself to learn, I mean, give me give me the opportunity to sit back and review and spend time and as much time as I can. And and I think that's the most beautiful place that you spend your time. You know, you could argue you could fill up with plenty of other things, but. You sit there and reflect and review and just take in what's going on around you. It's, it's one of the most profound moments you'll ever get. Because I guess at, at the end of the day as well, it's only a failure if you deem it to be. True. It's your... Well, it usually is only your view. <laughs> it is. <yeah>. Like, <laughs> well, you guys have all done that work with William, right? Where you, yeah, where you look no at yourself, else. you look at, look at one step away and you look at like the world looking at it. And it's the further away you get from the situation, no one gives a fuck. And because like, um, there's a very profound moment which i think we've shared on the podcast i'm sure you won't uh, mind if i bring it up matt but around when um i think we were having a visioning exercise at conrad's office and at the time you know you you were built you're building an agency um at the moment and there was this big expectation of kind of being i think it came off the back of we went and saw gary v in in very tight um twice in a pretty short time frame and there was this kind of uh, expectation of being at that level and I'm speaking on your behalf here so I should probably hand it over to you to, to explain but <coughs> there was that relationship of, of obviously that comparison, comparison yeah. pace and so um, talk us through through that and why did that hit you so much because I feel like that relates to, to what we're talking about because that sets you on a bit of once you came to the realisation right that sets you on a bit of a different path yeah and where you're at now is very different to where you were even after that realization, yeah. 
Um, yeah, <laughs> it's not. It's not the comparison that hit me. It was more the. You'll be tearful that day, from what I remember. I did. Yeah, no, I did. I'm well, happy, bro. Because it wasn't. It's not the comparison. What it, what it is, and we we've talked about it before, is that we have this incredible ability to be disillusioned and just to to basically just create this like bullshit story because we're fucking amazing storytellers, right? Yeah. They tell us this bullshit story of where we're really at. And so it wasn't so much the Gary comparison because I never wanted that comparison, but it was the by getting lost in all the bullshit, what am I not doing that I should have been doing or where am I not focusing and what am I allowing to happen that shouldn't have been the case. So that's probably more to it. I, I had no burning desire to be a Gary V, but in some ways you do compare and everyone does. You know, all the people that know of Gary, oh, Gary's amazing. Everyone's sort of comparing in a different degree, but it wasn't that. It was like, it was that future pacing of such, like if I'm, oh, I'm pointing at this direction, it's okay to let these responsibilities go right now because I'm going to be there. So it's it's... It's not quite what you're saying, but it's um, it's it was more the realization of where am I where am I letting myself down in what I my my true responsibilities are, not what am I not achieving based on my lofty goals. Is that is that fair? Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know the the way that uh, you know, from what I've obviously experienced and and know is that uh. You know the motivations have changed a little bit, and connecting with, I guess, the truer the truer vision through going through those, you know, um, trials and you know tribulations. Um, well, so Hill's um, motivation, as you say, where did my singular focus on building a billion dollar company come from in the first place? I think I inherited it from a society that worships wealth. I don't think it's a coincidence that Bill Gates was my all time hero and the world's richest person. Ever since I remember, I've equated success with net worth. If I heard someone say that's that's that person's really successful, I didn't assume that they were improving the well-being of others around them, but they'd found a way to make a ton of cash. Yeah, so that was his motivation, mm. um, which he had to learn to um, deal with it actually not being his true motivation. And I think that... It's the, it's the, it's the unlearning... When you come to that realisation of, of how you're programmed, it's the winding back of that bullshit that becomes the job. And, and we reach that, you know, human beings, you know, guys like you, um, you three and myself, you know, we get to a point where life doesn't fucking serve us or hasn't served us and we get start peeling back what we were taught um, to give ourselves or re-establish what we really want. And I think that's, you know, that's failure in a part because that's gonna, it's going to give you a situation that needs to be, be considered big enough um, to make you go back and change some of those meanings and definitions that you've given yourselves or that your family and friends have given you. Um, you know, with him, it's clearly significant. Well, that That's the goal, really, isn't it? It's the meaning and the definitions you've applied to all of this. Yeah. And if you're willing to go do um, the work, because I think I had a similar relationship to, to what's a heel, which is why I connected a lot with oh, this. I think we all have, mate. Yeah. I mean, as, I know as, I was there. As blokes. Mine, um, mine was Buffett. I mean, whoever you're, whoever's put in front of you at the time. Jesus, you went with Buffett? Like, I mean, seriously, is there anyone, anyone else in the world that you 
Yeah. Like would be more more difficult to follow. <laughs> well, well, it wasn't to follow. It was it's aspirational? You know, the guy, the guy. Yeah, no, I, don't, I don't disagree. G- that Gary, he's like Gary Vee's not not too far. Gary Vee's not touch off a different way. Aim for the stars, land among the moons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reckon there's more than one moon, by the way. You but know? um, just depends which one switched on. The 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 tr- the truth really becomes the 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 person you want to become is what gets revealed when you deal with tough situations. You know, do you want to be the person that goes down that slide and becomes the person that complains, wins bitches, complains, or do you want to be the person that rises up from the ashes? And that's the choice you get in any given moment through those 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 time frames. And I remember having one of those moments and and choosing that I didn't want to be that person that wins bitched and complained. Well, failure gives you the opportunity to become either the victim or the creator. Yeah. That's yeah. There's only one or two paths and there's, yeah. there's no middle. Yeah. And I think that's what's really, really powerful of it. And even then, like, um, say, going after the fame or going after building a million-dollar company and, say, achieving that and then realising that's just not what you want, right, how amazing would it be to have that realisation early to then, you know, realise what you, your truer desires are? You know, how sad would it would it be to continue to live in that company or that, that state for another 10, 25 years um, to then only realise, well, I was hating it the whole time because I was trying to satisfy um, my definition of what success was for everyone else and that it was wealth and that's my metric that I'm using. But when you have that, it's such a... Such a well, it could go one of two ways. It could be really empowering or really disempowering, you know, because you think, oh, shit, I've wasted my time chasing something that really wasn't mine or was wrong or blah, 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 blah. So even in that moment of realisation, you get f- further opportunity to go down that victim or, or, or create a path. I think it's a really prevalent thing in society. Like, let's look at Marco's story. I'm sure he doesn't mind us talking. Santiago. Yeah, but he... He became an engineer because of his father. I was just talking to him about it the other day. And I said, oh, why did you get into petroleum engineering? And he goes, I was in engineering. Then I didn't really want to do the type of engineering I was in, but I wanted my credits to transfer over. So he chose petroleum engineering. And his grandfather. Yeah. So his father so, and grandfather. It's- yeah. And then he's gone on a massive change and now he's doing videography and he's um, absolutely crushing it. And he, it's, it's a very common story in you know just to to uh, piggyback on what you were talking about then yep well i think it comes down to the choice right um acknowledging that that those patterns may uh exist and then acknowledging them and then choosing which path do you want to go because i think to layer all of this there is no right or wrong which way you go what you do like if you want to follow, say, in your father's footsteps or your mother's footsteps or whatever, that is like amazing. I think the fundamental is understanding is that genuinely what your truest desire is or are you doing it for someone someone else? Um, because well, it's funny the depth of influence, right? I mean, Well, like, you, I was going to say you followed your dad's footsteps, didn't you? No. Well, he was a builder. And he did everything he could to try and force me away from it. But that's what you like. You like you like the building stuff. You like the yeah. I do stuff. like the property and the building stuff. But the and that, that's one example. But one other that just comes to mind, and we often see this in, you know, on on TV or movies. But it's just common generally. Is like for example, like law enforcement and other people. How often do you hear like the third generation cop oh, or Americans in their in their military, mate? Yeah, in the military as well. And it's like it's it's almost like that was well and truly predetermined um, before that happened. And a good Farmers. good friend of mine is a is a pilot, and he was named his middle name effectively means 
to um, fly. To fly, and he Jordan. Had, he his dad was in the air force, and he's a pilot um, for a major carrier now. And it was good or bad. It was it was not his decision necessarily. Doesn't mean he doesn't love it. He does, but it wasn't. It was predetermined. Look at me. I am the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's powerful. I mean, I over we just you know it was the Christmas holidays and New Year's and stuff, and my grandparents were over from um, uh, Adelaide, and I not my, I'm grateful that uh, three of the four of my grandparents are still alive and with us today. And I had an opportunity to speak with my dad's dad, and I asked him was digging into and given with some of the, the knowledge that I've been blessed with over the last uh, couple of years, I was asking him some, uh, you know, interesting uh, questions. And it became obvious to me how much um, he had, uh, how our great granddad had, has had so much influence and through all the males. Right. And, um, and one of the funny things was that my granddad, he took a safe route for 45 years because his dad took a really risky route and screwed over the family and um, he passed away really early. So as a compensating uh, approach, he went the safe route for 40 years and then eventually he decided to run his, uh, you know, start his own business. And I said, I asked him, I was like, well, you know, what would be the, the one thing you would have, my, my granddad, I asked him, I was like, what would be the one thing you would have done different uh, in your life if you could? And he goes, I would have started um, uh, my business earlier um, and taken more of the risk but because he was so scarred and obviously still had that burden from um, his granddad that was ingrained uh, in him. And I think, you know, we live in a time now where, if we truly want to ex be, have the humility to accept the value and the learnings and the stories that are shared through the internet, social media and YouTube and the amount of information that people are putting out there, um, we live in a really amazing time in some respects. Um, there are obviously the negatives which we've talked about um, as well. But if you're willing to see the lessons um, of, of others, um, a lot of uh, our fathers and our granddads and that didn't have the access to that and they only knew what they knew. But I guess in today's world, we have that opportunity to, I mean, everyone has an opportunity to make a choice, um, but depending on which lens you want to put it, failure, an opportunity to learn, the language that we use, um, all I can encourage through my own journey is um, acknowledge that it's okay to fail. It's part of the, the process. And if anything, I feel like for people who are feeling like they're lost and they don't know what their purpose or what their why or whatever they that may be, the more you fail, the closer you may get to under, understanding, not finding um, what that really is. Um, and I'm looking forward to change my relationship with failure um, further in the in the future and um, I really love the shares that you guys have provided uh, today and I hope to anyone listening it encourages you to look back over the last couple of years or even in your situation right now and realizing that it's uh, okay to um, I've now lost my, my train of thought but anyway on that it's okay to fail 
Thanks, gentlemen. That was a great Cheers, drop. Man. Thanks for bringing the value. That was a great drop. Yeah, thanks for bringing that. Yeah, that was fantastic. No and thank you yeah, for bringing the Scotch whiskey for your birthday. Such a nice bottle. Isn't it's beautiful. it? Beautiful. Beautiful, mate. Beautiful, mate. Like, Thanks, subscribe, share. Now sometimes Don't I forget where Aussies. That's it. Who forgets where Aussies? No one. I was just reminding everyone else. What are these? Well, we got three listeners, don't we? Yeah, you, me, and you. <laughs> you, me, you, me. <laughs> you listen to it twice, don't you? Two different yeah. platforms. I can do it to get, get the numbers those, up. Get those stats <laughs> up. <laughs> you listen on iTunes, then you go listen well, on Spotify. I, I listen to it once, and then I let it play when I'm sleeping on another one. Yep. Fantastic. Right. So we're up to five downloads per yeah. episode now. Yeah. I'm doing my bit, people. Big stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we're tackling the big stuff. All right. Thanks, JB. Thanks, everyone. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Simple Minds podcast. If you like our show and want to know more, then check out our website at simplemindspodcast.com. If you like, you can even leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share this episode with a friend. The Simple Minds podcast is also on Facebook, Insta, and for those that like to keep things formal, LinkedIn. So follow us there if you want to keep up with the latest updates from the show. See you next week.